What's up, guys? It's Pat. Thanks for stopping by for another episode of the Cores Up Podcast. It's Super Bowl week in Tampa Bay, so Corey and I had to get on a local to give us some insight about the atmosphere and vibe of a city that we used to call home. Mitchell White, who you probably know him better by DJ MC White, joins us to chat about what the scene's been like in the city, the Bucks playing a home game in the Super Bowl, his experience DJing Tampa Bay Rays games, USF football, the process that goes into pumping in crowd noise during the pandemic, and a little of what got him where he is today. Don't forget, you can listen to this episode and all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Cores Up Podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter and Instagram for all of our content, just searching Cores Up the Podcast. Now, drop what you're doing, turn up the volume, and prepare to gain some insight into the life of DJ MC White. We're now joined by DJ MC White, Mitchell White. Uh, you probably know him more as DJ MC White if you're in the Tampa area and a fan of his and follow him on social media. Pat Corey here, Cores Up the Podcast. DJ MC White, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Um, let's get right into it. Obviously, it's Super Bowl week. You're down in Tampa. The Bucks are essentially hosting the Super Bowl. So I want to know, what's the vibe like? Um, you know, some of the events you've been working the last, you know, week or so, the overall atmosphere in Tampa with, like I said, the Bucks essentially hosting a Super Bowl. Well, it's pretty incredible, I'll tell you that. And uh, there's definitely a buzz around town. And, you know, it's, it's Tampa Bay's year for sure. And uh, with the Lightning winning the Cup, the Rays going to the World Series, and the Bucks obviously basically hosting a Super Bowl, this has been an incredible time for the city. And, and it's really cool to show off, you know, the capabilities of this great town and, and the fan bases that uh, inhabit it. The, like I said, the atmosphere and the, the fan base, since, you know, it's unique there, whereas the, the, the home team doesn't have to travel. How have you, you know, kind of taken in, like I said, the, the atmosphere with, from a crowd standpoint, you know, the people kind of taking part in some of the festivities. Is there more people, uh, you know, taking part in some of the events? Because like I said, the, the Tampa crowd doesn't have to travel or has it kind of been split down the middle as, you know, most Super usually are? No, it's, it's totally, you know, it's a, it's going to be a biased atmosphere, I think, unless the Chiefs, you know, really show up. We'll, we'll see how their fan base does. But uh, early days, it's it's definitely going to be a home field advantage. Of course, it's only down to 22,000 in the stands. Um, but it's still, you know, it's a really exciting time for the, the city. And uh, it, hopefully it's a home, home team advantage, but we'll see. Getting back to, like I said, the, the, the overall, the vibe and whatnot, some of the events you've been you've been working. I saw you, you DJ a couple of days ago. Um, mm-hmm. How have those events been, um, you know, from a crowd standpoint, obviously it is still a pandemic, but you know, how, mm-hmm. how have those events been um, just, you know, from an overall atmosphere standpoint? Uh, well, it has me feeling pretty optimistic about the future just uh, because we see a bunch of people, you know, outside having safe fun, you know, pr- protecting themselves with uh, social distancing and masks and stuff. Um, but, you know, it's, it's uh it's really exciting, really exciting times. I, I was with Street Lights DJs out representing uh, for them and, and you know, putting on a show for uh, Super Bowl goers as well as just uh, everyday patrons um, going out the NFL Super Bowl experience uh, alongside with uh, other DJs from the area. You know, it's really cool to be able to rep the city and, and show off the, the, the roster of talent that we have. And um, it's really an exciting time for the city, especially because, you know, we, did, we had the national championship a few years ago. And 
just seeing you know the production and and how well this, the city puts together these events and and works with the Tampa Bay Sports Commission and other surrounding businesses it, it's a uh, really cool to see it, it really uh, shows the upcoming you know rise of of Tampa and and itself as a city now i worked the uh, super bowl in new orleans a few years back and we had nice. the um, vip like super bowl like sand pit party or whatever how, like again with the pandemic pandemic and everything who's like the have you seen any famous celebrities or anybody in town that maybe you wouldn't have seen in tampa beforehand or is it not quite there yet uh i don't think it's quite there yet i think it will be in the coming days i think as soon as wednesday hits they they start to fly in um i know rick flair i don't know if he lives here or but he was in town uh he was at a pizza shop the other day uh chad ochocinco was playing soccer at the local I soccer field near here saw that. he was with my buddies last night yeah it was pretty <laughs> nice cool. yeah yeah so i i think they're they're starting to flood in um obviously it's going to be a lot of those guys that that go to the game because the tickets are so exponentially high for it's the you know the limited capacity um but i, I expect it to grow by wednesday the fact that you know you already hit on it tampa you know just kind of showcasing the city uh, as a whole and even florida as, as a state i mean we've seen you know, obviously they hosted many Super Bowls in Miami, uh, Tampa in the past. And then, you know, the WrestleMania was supposed to be in Tampa last year. I guess they're honoring that uh, for the next WrestleMania um, as, as far as I Well, I know they just had something. They had something going on at the trap. Yeah. Cool. I, the, I don't remember what it was. Thunderdome is what, what they officially call yeah. it. It may have been, um, what was it, the Royal Rumble uh, on Sunday, so. if I remember correctly. But, uh, yeah, Tampa. Florida, like I said, Florida in general has been hosting just a lot and really embracing large events, you know, like you mentioned, the national championship game um, from just a, a, a native, you know, perspective, you know, how important is that for you to showcase the city, be proud of where you are, you know, proud to be a native of Tampa. Uh, very proud, very proud. It's a, uh, it's really, really fun time to be part of the city. And uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to the future here for sure. And uh, you know, we have great athletic directors in town with, you know, uh, Michael Kelly. And then we have, you know, Rob Higgins at the S TBSC and, you know, Jane Castor working alongside the mayor. Um, so, you know, it, it's really exciting and uh, I'm excited to see what this year has to offer, especially once baseball starts. Uh, let's touch on that now. Baseball. So I guess reverse chronological order here. Uh, going back to March, April, um, obviously the baseball season got pushed back. A uh, few months, um, you worked this for the past Rays. season, correct? Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, last season. You know, the it was a weird season for everybody, for sure. Um, how was that working? You know, for the Rays with no crowd uh, in the, the trap with <laughs> nobody there, just the kind of overall atmosphere. You know, how vital was it for you from your job standpoint to kind of create an in-game environment with the music and you know, the crowd noise? I'm not sure if you're responsible for that, but just working the season last year, you know, how unique it was. Yeah, it was definitely, uh, definitely unique, like you said. Um, you know, I was in charge of crowd noise along with a coworker. We had someone specifically dedicated to it, but I also had the capabilities to go up and down on it. Okay. And, uh, you know, it. I initially thought I would hate it, and I thought it would be weird. And it, it totally is weird at first. It's really eerie. Mm -hmm. If you're there for the first time, like I went to a football game recently in Atlanta, it's weird hearing crowd noise through the speakers. However... Once you get used to it, once you, you know, try to envision that there's a crowd there, you try to, you know, put the crowd noise to fit the moment, you know, two strikes, crowd, you know, gets louder, builds up, and then there's like a exhale too. Um, 
and and I think my main goal doing that was just to make it sound normal for the fans at home, you know, make it sound uh, like a normal game on TV and on radio. So it, it was definitely weird. And, and I'm really excited to have real fans back eventually, hopefully to start the season. Um, and, but, you know, we made the most of it and the Rays did pretty well. So now I know for like a few NBA teams early on, last year um, about the crowd noise, like a couple of players are saying it was too loud, this, this, and that. Uh, baseball practice as well, we were hearing that. Did you ever have any coaches, players, personnel, good or bad, say anything about the crowd noise at the TROP? We've, uh, we actually, I, I don't remember if we were, what the names of the awards or whatever, we we, we actually got awarded for crowd noise. Like, we, like they literally <laughs> thought we did like the best at crowd noise in the league, Sweet. which was hilarious and, and, you know, such a weird thing to take pride in. But um, yeah, we got a lot of kudos from the front office and it, it was, you know, players didn't like it at first, but then it grew and, you know, we got better with it. We tried to, you know, become more reactive because it was adding another aspect to my job that I had never thought of before, you know my job was to make the crowd make noise, but not in this way. So, yeah. you know, it, it was different and it was really interesting to learn and hopefully it sounded okay on TV. I'm curious. And I was curious watching all the games, you know, multiple across multiple sports that have, you know, crowd noise being pumped in. where did you get the crowd noise from? Obviously it was past games and whatnot, but how did you know, you know, what moments to get and what games to get certain crowd noises from, you know, that whole process sure. of getting, uh, I guess, a crowd noise playlist together. Uh, talk us through that. Yeah, it's actually, it's been pretty interesting. You know, it's funny. Thank God for video games. Cause they actually helped in <laughs> helped big time. So uh, with uh, NCAA, we actually, you know, still have a partnership with EA sports. And as you saw today, big news, college football game is back. Big day, um, but but EA Sports they still had a bunch of crowd noise. So when it comes to my USF gig, we use the EA Sports um, crowd noise that they have specifically for each school, which is really cool. You know, they have a USF one, they have a USC one, they have a, you know whoever it is. Mm -hmm. um, MLB they have MLB the show. So with me, I tried to put all those together and mix them up and put them you know so it sounded like there's a million voices instead of just like you know ten guys in a studio. Okay, so playing around with that and making it not loop weird, making it rise in a certain way. Like, you know, how you have no idea how long I spent editing crowd noise files. Like it is just ridiculous. <laughs> and like, I can recognize my crowd noise on TV. I was watching a game the other day. I was watching Marquette and I actually sent the crowd noise to, you know, uh, what's his name there? I can't blank. And he went there after USF. Brad. Um, yeah, Brad. Brad. He's I gonna love the crowd noise there, right and I heard, I heard about the crowd noise I sent them like I sent that to them so but yeah I, just editing the files was very tedious and, and what a weird year but you know I'm glad that we see the light at the end of the tunnel and hopefully we can have real fans back and I won't ever have to use these files again <laughs> that's a, that's pretty cool though you could add crowd noise to your resume I mean it's a for yeah, an I mean, interesting I year my yeah. Twitter bio I, I'm like crowd noise operator it's it's ridiculous there you go. <laughs> and it is and one thing that's interesting is is depending on the sport you know, it could be the crowd noise. It could be the ambient noise from the stadium's crowd noise, or it could be TV themselves pumping it in. True. And it's diff it's different from each league. MLB, they actually take the stadium noise. And NFL, they have in-stadium noise where it's still it's it's just an 85 decibel um, limit, and it's it's right there, and it doesn't react to anything. It doesn't do anything. It's like that in-house. However, on TV, they have a separate operator who actually will go up and down with the plays, and they you know, depending on the channel, 
it's really impressive what they've been able to do. Some are atrocious, but some have been actually pretty decent. So it's, you know, it's, it's cool to look and it's cool to know behind the scenes a little bit of how that goes down. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you were at the world series. Um, obviously Rays advanced, like you said, year of Tampa between the lightning yeah. and the Rays and now the bucks. Uh, what was that experience like since they did have, you know, minimal capacity, but they still had uh, a crowd environment. Uh, were they still pumping in crowd noise as well to go along with the, the actual live fans or um... uh, they went back and forth on that a little bit. Okay. Um, it started out with crowd noise in the uh, championship series, but I know they tried to like uh, wiggle out of it toward the end. Um, I think TV might've been separate at that point. I'm not sure. It, it's, it's always being messed with. There's always someone, you know, you know, making their voice known and on the, and uh, yeah, going to the world series was great. I, I actually got to be a fan actually, because I, I just kind of had a consulting role. Mm-hmm. We had uh groups, uh, Michael groups. He's the guy in uh, Texas who does all the Rangers games he used to do all the stars games. Um, really talented guy, but he, I worked alongside him and the other DJs along the way in baseball, wherever the city they were playing, you know, I provided all the content said, this is what you do with this video element. This is what you do with this sound element. This is how you put it together. This is how you, you know, um, execute each thing. And, um, so it was a really weird year, but it was really cool because I got to be connected in such a disconnected time, um, with those in the sports industry and really, um, you know, go as a fan and hear my own work, but not be the one that's pressing it. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. The quarantine and chill uh, series. How did that come about? You know, who, who was the, the brainchild, I guess, behind that operation? Uh, talk us through, you know, where, how that got started and just the whole process of quarantine and chill. Sure. Uh, well, it honestly came down to, wow, we don't have anything going on. So like, how can we, how can we do something and also do something for a good cause? And, we were really successful. I mean, it, it really took off. We got a lot of viewership and we raised thousands of dollars for local charities. So, you know, those charities that needed them, those, those, you know, elderly homes that, that need outside food, they, you know, it was really cool. We just, we just put on a DJ set with, with fancy lights and transitions and, and, and Justin Stancil, Stancil Entertainment put it together with us. And, uh, it was a really cool experience. We're glad we could do it. We might be doing something a little similar, you know, in the coming months. Um, but we don't expect the same traction we did during that quarantine time because there really wasn't anything to do. So we were really trying to get that, you know, nightlife experience, but, you know, from your living room as well as raising money for good causes. Mm-hmm. I was just that, uh, was that just in either your apartment or, you know, someone else's apartment? That was in what? Justin's apartment. Yeah. Um, until the finale, which we did at Dacry Deck in Anna Maria Island. Um, we were literally in his living room and he was in his dining room producing a full on show um, with multiple cameras and GoPros. And it, it was nonsense. It was way too extra, but that's how Justin Stansel does it. And it. It was a great, great experience. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad we got to do it. Uh, I'm not sure when you met Stansel, but I actually uh, knew him or I guess have known him since 2015 because uh, he was, an intern when he was in high school for the Brandon Marauders. Uh, oh yeah. I remember some of the seasons he, he had his own mixer for that. He would bring to games. This thing was massive. I mean, like the width of my little couch behind me, like it was gigantic. <laughs> the thing and he would hold like a briefcase when he'd come to yep. games. It was just insane. And I remember the kid like, is so, it's so talented. It's, it's ridiculous. So he just brings all this gear, no matter what, like we're just getting dinner. Why is there like six GoPros looking at me? But <laughs> that's how he does it. He's, he's amazing. And like I said, 
high school. I think he was like 15, 16. And he was telling me about, you know, his, his career goals and aspirations. Like he wanted to get into video and I forgot what school he was going to uh, attend, but he was telling me about this. I'm like, you, you are set in what you want to do. It was amazing. Like I didn't have the kind of vision when I, when I was in high school, that's for damn sure. So yeah. he's, and he's, he's making a lot of money now. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say that, but I mean, he's doing Super Bowl. He's doing national championships. He's, oh my God. Yeah. He, he's really killing it. He's killing it. He's killing it. I remember uh, when I was working uh, a USF basketball game for, I think it was ESPN or ESPN2, whatever it was, he was uh, part of the crew for, um, you know, the the production crew. And I'm like, Stancil? Like, you're, you're working for ESPN now? Like, he, it's amazing what he's been able to do and, you know, the connections he's made and now he's working with you. So it's uh, it's pretty cool <laughs> seeing him kind of progress. He's, he's, a, he's a firecracker, that's for damn sure. I guess we'll get into some – USF stuff now. Uh, obviously, you're still doing events and you know games for USF Athletics, Tampa Athletics too. Uh, the football season this past year, obviously, a li- little bit different as well. Um, you just how that was like. I'm assuming kind of similar to the baseball season, uh, but you know it was outside. So you know, was that like I said, similar to to the race, or was that a little bit different? Uh, I would say it was a lot more different because okay. you, you go from you know, baseball, you have music no matter what. It's mm-hmm. just music and nothing else. Then you add crowd noise. Okay, music and crowd noise. And then you get to college athletics, you got music, crowd noise, band. And, you know, maybe right. you're you're in charge of the video audio too. Oof, so geez. you try to make it sound like normal, but, oh, my gosh. Football is fast too, a lot of no huddle. Mm-hmm. So that's where football – is kind of nice for bands. They can get in and out of things pretty quick. With music, there's usually a build. There's usually, you know, all this stuff that goes into it. So I had to make the clips smaller. I had to make the band, you know, sound stronger in some areas. I had to try to make it sound like the band was stopping without making it, you know, fade out, but maybe like a hard out. Like mm-hmm. it was it was really hard to emulate a college atmosphere. And then, of course, with it being empty to start the season, really weird. Um, working with the conference has been interesting because they go back and forth on how to do crowd noise, mm-hmm. um, whether there's a decibel limit, whether, you know, it's just the coaches who agree on it, um, whether you can go up and down on certain plays. Um, so it's been, it's a learning thing um, for sure. And it, it actually was more difficult than baseball, I would say. I guess that makes sense. I mean, anything outdoors is going to be different because like you said, <laughs> the Rays were honored and, recognized for their crowd noise during the season but it is you know a dome it's it's enclosed so the noise is captured a little bit more when it's a football stadium ray j you know the noise escapes so that, that totally makes sense where it's it's a lot trickier kind of messing with it and perfecting the crowd noise mm-hmm. how, how long yeah, that did it take by the way like to get the crowd noise timed up perfectly know when to play certain c- certain uh you know drops and and whatnot uh how, how long did that take to maybe not perfect but at least get a hold of i uh i prepare a lot for what i do like it is Mm -hmm. just nonsense how much i do and like the things that i think about and you know i can't just watch a game and think you know let me just enjoy the sport like i'm i'm watching the boards i'm watching the ribbons i'm watching i'm listening for sounds and so i'm always working in a sense but also there's just a lot of just nitty-gritty just sit in my laptop for 12 hours before game day stuff you Mm -hmm. know last minute getting to the stadium six hours before game, just going through my files, making sure I have everything ready for each element in the script, as well as, you know, what I think might happen during that game. Um, You know, you know, depending on an opposing coach, 
I might have something for, for a situation in which they argue. I might have something fitting for their team, depending on where they're from um, or their mascot. So a lot of prep goes into it. Probably, oh, I don't even know. Uh, it, it varies um, just depending on, on the game and stuff. But um, a lot of time, a lot of time. Uh, understandable. Um, <clears throat> take us real back now. Uh, when did you start DJing? Uh, I was 13. I, I was just kind of, my school wanted someone to run music during the games that, uh, yeah. So they needed someone to do that. And I played sports. So I would mm. literally like play the game and then, Oh, the women's games after I'll run music. Okay. Um, and then I started doing like the school dances. And then I got in with the Florida high school association, um, you know, for athletics and, and just kind of picked up from there. The next thing you know, I'm doing FSU games and then USF calls and I'm doing F USF and I'm doing UT just for fun, just to try things out and experiment and learn and, and try to get better. And then the Rays eventually came along and they, they gave me a shot and uh, it's just, you know, continued to go that way. And I'm uh, really blessed and excited for what the future holds. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite venue in which you like to to go the most or that you've gone once or twice before anywhere you like to to go um i don't really have a favorite venue to work at just but i i really enjoy when i get it down on how it sounds there like it took me probably two weeks to get used to how the trap works because you play something and then you press stop and then you hear it for like seconds like there is a delay in there that is not like any other place in the world so um getting used to the venues is something that you know people don't think about but there's a delay to everything that's why you know when greg wolf's doing in-house stuff you know it's it's 10 times more impressive because he's talking and hearing himself 10 seconds later you know and um yeah i don't really have any favorite venues i i like them all and i i'm always looking to you know venture out into new ones and i love going as a fan Got to check out Mercedes-Benz Stadium this year, and that's that's a really cool place. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I get to check out Jerry World at some point. Went to the new Rangers Stadium for the World Series. It's beautiful. Um, really, really intimate experience there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it still is awesome the first time you plug into the Ox at a stadium. Like, I'll never forget the first time I did it at the Trop, first time I did it at Ray J, uh, you know, the Yingling Center, Amelie, wherever. Um, it's still really special some of the you know key moments or venues or events you worked uh early on in your career maybe recently the, the one that kind of sticks out to you that kind of validated you know what you're doing you're like all right this is you know what i'm meant to be doing I, you know like i said maybe it was early on in your career or, or more recently just something that sticks out to you that you'll never forget um well it's funny i i don't tell this story often but my first game at usf um was a football game and there was a streaker in like the second quarter and like, it's like, wow, I make people take their clothes off. Even at <laughs> like, that was wild. And that was, that was my first game. And I'm like, dang, is this like a normal thing? Like, of course I'm a sports fan. So I know it's not that crazy, but I mean, the guy was butt naked on the field. And uh, I don't even know the, how that happens, but I'll never forget that. Um, in terms of my favorite sporting event ever, I think probably the Rays Astros series was really, really awesome. Um, that wasn't this last year. It was the year before when we had fans. But having a sold-out trop um, was was magical. And, and that place can really get loud when there's there's a crowd in there. 
Um, and I think I, I'd love to reach that point again. I hope we can get a full crowd at some point in the near future. Um, so that, that series stands out. Even though we lost, we, we, we ran over them at home. So, and then, you know, there's a whole tipping pitches thing. And, you know, <laughs> who knows? A little more than that, yeah. A little more than that, yeah. It's funny, too, like, when the like uh, when I'd be in town, when the Yankees would come in town, the trop would just be loud. Even Yankee fans, yes, too, but the trop was loud regardless, and it, it's it's pretty intimidating. And, I, I mean, yeah. the Yankees lost a lot to the Rays in the last couple of years, too, and it, it showed. I think it's one of those funny things is, like, people hate the trop, but it's kind of a home field advantage no matter what. Despite on what the, the crowd ratio is, I mean, the ceiling's wild, the, you yeah. know, how it sounds is wild, <laughs> the, the colors are wild. Everything about that place is very unique, and I think it's 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 really cool to have that kind of home field advantage away from the fan aspect. Um, I think that's all I got to say about the trap, but I, I really <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy working there, and uh, and yeah, when it's sold out, it's it's a different it's a different type of place. I, I'm kind of I have a different approach in the trap. I mean, I, you know, outside people, I guess, and maybe even locals, you know, they bash it. And I guess just appearance wise from the outside, yes, it doesn't look that great. <laughs> It's very old to say the least, but inside the, the atmosphere is completely different than, you know, what you're seeing from the outside. I mean, when you go to a game, it's fun. I mean, obviously you have something to do with that as well, but you know, the whole center field, what they've done with that now and the concourse and all the different, you know, food venues and whatnot, ballpark and rec. I mean, the, the, the trop has from, you know, an atmosphere and just environment standpoint really done a lot. Yeah. I, I think they've done a, a really good job at, at, you know, putting good food, food spots in there and making it kid friendly everywhere. And um, I think it's got a good flow to it. It's easy to navigate. Uh, that's, a, that's a problem a lot of ballparks have is, is you can't figure out where you're going. Um, and I think uh, the, the TROP does a good job at simplifying the experience. And I know they're getting better. I know they're cashless now. And there's a lot of improvements that they've made to enhance the fan experiment experience. And uh, hopefully the music they enjoy and and they can have a good time there and the Rays are good. So they should definitely come out to more games. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about, you already mentioned Jerry world and a couple other venues that, you know, you'd like to <laughs> experience more, but uh, is there any event that you'd like to work? Obviously, I mean, Super Bowls probably would be huge or national championship game, but is, is there a bucket list, uh, you know, DJing event that, you know, is like top on your list? Uh, I think, you know, deep into playoffs is, is anywhere. So whether it's NHL, whether it's, you know, NFL, um, NBA, anything would be magical. Just just deep playoff runs where there's, you know, a lot on the line. Um, I definitely aspire to do that. And I know Sean Bavelski over the Tampa Bay Lightning slash Tampa Bay Bucks is going to do a great job at the Super Bowl. And um, I, I'm actually interested to see how he does in, because and what he does, because, you know, he has to be neutral. And even though, you know, your home team's playing in your home place mm-hmm. and that actually brings me to something else one of my other favorite games was uh usf fsu that happened at ray j a few years ago oh, yeah. um i actually had previously worked for fsu so usf playing fsu was really hard for me like i i just didn't know how to <laughs> dj it but i think i did a decent job being you know biased toward usf but um yeah i mean i definitely want to dj those big games and and hopefully i get the opportunity hopefully they raise make another run and and uh i'll get to do that i i just had like with uh just a 
quick fun question with uh, sports trading cards blowing back up in the world. Um, Steve Aoki has his own set with tops and all these celebrities have come out. If you had your own trading card on the top statistical line, what would be the top accomplishment, your biggest accomplishment so far in your career? Wow. Uh, that's a, that's a hard hitting question. I, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> I just want to be providing a different experience than anywhere else. I want to provide the most moments where a fan goes aha I get why he played that that's funny you know or that's fitting or that's a good jab or that's you know situational so so maybe uh, compiling the most aha moments from fan perspectives Steve Aoki kind of got me on this one is there anyone you like DJ wise that you you know listened to looked up to growing up and you know try to maybe emulate or gain inspiration from uh as you're you know advancing in your career uh, lots of them. It depends on the industry. Cause I, you know, I follow both, you know, radio DJs, you know, mm-hmm. festival DJs as well as sports DJs. Um, I learned a lot from Sean Bobelski, Tampa Bay Bucks, Tampa Bay lightning guy, you know, he did storm games as well. He's, he's all over the place and just listening to him. Just, I got to shadow him when I was like 13. I learned a lot. Um, DJ Irie, he's over in Miami, big, uh, big DJ at live. And he does the Miami heat. I think he's made his way out of the heat a little bit, but he's, I mean, he has partnership deals with Target and all the he DJs, the home run contest every year. Like they've actually put up a DJ booth in like center field and he's like almost been hit by baseballs, which never made sense, but Hey, I mean, he's getting his image out there. So um, I kind of, you know, want to model myself, you know, in between both those guys that can, you know, maybe be good at PR, good at, promoting brands, you know, that kind of thing, as well as, you know, working in sports and, and being good at, you know, game presentation and that kind of thing. Uh, another fun question, I guess. <laughs> the, uh, I guess your rival at, at Rays games, I suppose, DJ Kitty. Thoughts on DJ oh. Kitty? Uh, <laughs> DJ uh, Kitty's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anything that brings attention to, to Rays baseball, I'm all behind. Um, fans seem to really like DJ Kitty and, and honestly people call me DJ Kitty because I'm the one behind the tunes so <laughs> right. whatever makes fans come out to games enjoy baseball and, and enjoy winning um, yeah DJ Kitty he's pretty cool I, I remember the first time I saw DJ Kitty I thought it was a joke I mean it sort of is but no it's not anymore it's it's, it's big time but mm-hmm. yeah, it was like back in 2010 11 or whatever it was and it was like mm-hmm. oh DJ Kitty time like what, what's DJ Kitty yeah it's exactly that it's cat as a DJ yeah, I mean, uh, it was a marketing tool, and it, it seemed to work, and it got a lot of attention and eyeballs on Rays baseball. So it's uh, it's weird. It's unique, but uh, I think it was effective. Yeah, uh, I guess real quick, what, what's the rest of the week looking like uh, as Super Bowl Sunday approaches? Uh, well, I got a night gig on at Crafty Squirrel St. Pete on okay. Saturday. Uh, I'll be a Jerry Ohm Dodge Jeep Chrysler Dodge Ram Jerry Ohm whatever the car dealership <laughs> on uh, on Sunday one to four promoting you know the Super Bowl as well as the deals they have going on there um, and that's thanks to my Street Lace family but uh, yeah it, I think I'm taking off the Super Bowl at night um, as of right now I kind of bailed out of some things and, and I just want to be a fan because I've waited yeah. 14 years for this <laughs> like like since the last time we made the playoffs and it wasn't pretty last time so Hopefully, I mean, it's been wonderful. Even if we lose this Super Bowl, it's a great time in Tampa Bay. And, um, you know, Rays baseball starts up next month and excited to get back at it. 
Absolutely. A lot going on in Tampa, as always, but especially this time of the year with, you know, the Bucks and the Rays. You got the defending Stanley Cup champs and you got the Raptors, too. So it's I know. Yeah. crazy. Right? It's a full sports season right now in Tampa. You literally have almost every single sport uh, possible. So it's uh, a fun time for sure. DJ MC White, this was a, was a blast. You can check him out on Instagram, MC White DJ. Uh, you know, in, if you're in Tampa, you know where to find him all the games and events throughout the throughout the city so thanks for joining us thank you guys i appreciate it yeah thanks man i appreciate you coming on thank you take it there have a good one guys you too you too thanks man to hear this episode and all of our episodes of the cords up podcast just go to spotify apple google wherever you find your podcasts and search cords up podcast